What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. This is your host, Joshua Shrinko. And uh, I got a couple gentlemen on the other line here. We got uh, the huge Christian Vaughn. What's up, Christian? What's up? And then we have special guests. So I'll let Christian introduce our special, special Dude, guests. We've got on the line right now, 3A00E8517. E7BD. Now we got the one and only uh, David Williams. What's up, David? What's up, Chris? Also, aka just another fish and bum eighty nine on on the gram for everybody. That's uh, right. Just another wet up boy. the other day. We w- was catapulted <laughs> to immediate stardom uh, by his appearance on the famous SBS fishing podcast. Just had to have him on, dude. Yeah, he's hot right now. He's a hot commodity. Yeah, I gotta make I gotta make the rounds before my uh, my brief flash in the pan of stardom dies down That's right. again. Well, dude, you gotta take advantage full full advantage of this. Oh, I'm gonna ride. Fame. I'm gonna ride that wave. <laughs> hey, here's the thing, man. So before we get like into the you know meat of this podcast, I, I got a bone to pick with you, dude. Okay, oh, yeah. and I know you're probably thinking it has something to do with you fly fishing. It it doesn't. It I heard I heard. Uh, through the grapevine that you're starting a podcast and you're actually starting a like a small mouth podcast what the <laughs> hell dude what no, the I'm hell not, man? I'm not starting no, no, no. Podcast. hey hey we have the market cornered like i don't i don't we don't you're need any other competition, competition. josh <laughs> yes i am hey, podcast look, look no. how he's handling this competition the fishing competition he, he crumbles seems under nervous the, <laughs> he, he crumbles under the threat of competition don't let him fool you yeah <laughs> no no we're just joking dude we uh we like that we've inspired some other uh wet boys to start oh. their own stuff so i mean yeah, he didn't say right. that we inspired him at all I, he just I'm said he say started that. his own I'm gonna say that. <laughs> he almost they almost scared me away from doing it, but I'm gonna power through and do it anyway. All right. <laughs> uh, well, so David, are you uh are you're in Kentucky, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. It's actually pronounced Kentucky. Um, okay. But that's I'll, I'll excuse your ignorance for never having seen the movie how, uh, Last of the Mohicans. So how did I, how did I right. say it? Uh, you said Kentucky, and that's disgusting, and it's very. Very gringo esque, and that's not what this podcast is about, dude. I know, I know, we haven't released this episode, but Chris, will you say that in a British accent for me? <laughs> what do you want me to say in a British accent? Kentucky. I don't know if I can do. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Kentucky. I can do that. Kentucky. Are you from Kentucky? <laughs> Typical no. You're gonna get. Typical no. <laughs> <laughs> Typical no. Yeah, dude. Uh, so. David hails from the Commonwealth of Kentucky, um, the Bluegrass State. Trying to think if there are any other nicknames for Kentucky. But, you know, coming from Indiana, dude, we've got, like, I'm sure that you guys have this, too. But, like, Kentucky jokes are a big thing. Oh, I'm I'm well aware. Yeah, what state does Kentucky rag on? Uh, We don't like Ohio very much. I can see that. Yeah, that's about it. 
I, I, yeah. I, I don't like Ohio at all. It's just that big thing I have to drive across to get to Michigan. <laughs> I like that, dude. That's how we. That's how we feel about Northern Indiana as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty funny. Like all, all kinds of Kentucky jokes. I actually went to school uh, for like my first year and a half of college in uh, Kentucky down at UCOM. Uh, hashtag UCOM. Uh, wow. in Corbin, Kentucky. Thriving so. metropolis. Yeah, it's actually Williamsburg, <laughs> but nobody knows where Williamsburg's at. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit of a culture shock, you know? I bet. Yeah. What, what part of Kentucky are you from? Uh, I'm in Lexington, so it, it's like central Kentucky. Yeah. Oh. So you're, you're like in close proximity to the Elkhorn then and the Kentucky River? Yeah, I can be on South Branch of the Elkhorn from my house in five minutes. Oh, so that's nice. kind of like, okay. and then I'm about 25 minutes from the main branch. And, uh, can you, can you explain the, the Elkhorn a little bit and what, uh, cause I, I'm confused on the branches cause I've heard that before. What's a, what's like the layout, lay of the land out there. Yeah. So the Elkhorn gets a lot of publicity and it's a great smallmouth fishery. Um, it gets a lot of canoe traffic and a lot of pressure, but there's a South branch that starts, I. I'm going to say it wrong, but it, the South Branch starts somewhere kind of in inside of Lexington. And the North Branch kind of runs through Georgetown. And those are both pretty, I mean, you can float them, but a lot of the year they're like wade fisheries. And then the, those two branches come together um, pretty close to Frankfurt. And for about 18 miles, um, you have what's called the main branch. And that, that's kind of the the good stuff there um and then that flows into the kentucky river so mm. that's a really really good smallmouth habitat really floatable um it's uh it's pretty sweet and a lot of times especially this time of year those kentucky river fish will will move up in to that main branch to to spawn and do their thing so you can get some get some good sized fish in there mm. yeah. yeah but chris chris and i've been on the elkhorn one time one time, so, yeah. yeah. Didn't yeah. go great. Didn't no, no. It was not great. <laughs> it's really streaky. I kind of gave up on it for a while. Then not totally, but it was just getting whipped on unbelievable. And there's a canoe livery called Canoe Kentucky, and they mm-hmm. were just hundreds of boats on it all weekend. And um seems like the last couple of years it, it's been good, but for me it's one of those things that I, I like to get on it in the spring where the water's high and the recreational boaters are off of it. Mm. But you can struggle down there. Isn't the North Branch like kind of like impounded quite a bit? Like there are a lot of dams on the North Branch. It's like more of a largemouth fishery. Yeah, there's there's like uh, low overhead dams on the North and the South Branch. Um, And there's one on the main branch too, but they're about to take it out in about a month. Everyone's really excited. I think that's going to improve. Uh, things quite a bit in the next coming years but yeah there's there's several dams um on both the forks but the north branch in particular uh has quite a few Mm. yeah and and the dam coming out i mean we've got the same thing going on on one of our like kind of like trophy water sections uh on sugar creek there's like a low overhead dam near crawfordsville that's getting ready to get taken out and i think mostly i mean everybody seems to be very excited about it i mean there are some people that have expressed some 
skepticism and kind of, you know, like thinking that maybe Asian carp are going to come up because they're Asian carp in the Wabash, which is what the Sugar Creek feeds into. But I think overall, we're all kind of right there with you. Like, we're really excited to see what the dam coming out is going to do for the fishery. Yeah. I mean, as smallmouth anglers for smallmouth habitat, that's that's what we want. Um, um, I'm optimistic uh, for sure. And if nothing else, it's going to it's going to make some some of the floats a lot easier. and You'd be able to do some longer floats on the main branch without having to worry about that dam. Hmm. Sure. And you do like I mean, primarily, what do you target? Like you, you do smallmouth, like mostly warm water. Or do you do some trout fishing, too? Yeah, I used to trout fish a bunch um, and warm water fish. And I would say the last probably four years, I've really switched over to being a primarily a warm water fisherman um, with the exception of a couple of trips a year for trout. So I fish for the bass species and the muskie primarily. Hmm. Where's the muskie water from you? There's a river called the Licking River. Um, which is probably the most famous Muskie River in Kentucky. Um, Cave Run is a big impound, and it's a tailwater. And it's a great smallmouth river, too. Not a great numbers river, but a, a really nice trophy smallmouth fishery. Um, so I like to fish the moving water for the muskies. And uh, there's a few other rivers around. The Kentucky Rivers has muskie. Um, but I'm going to play those cards kind of close to the chest because <laughs> those muskie guys are crazy, and I can get crucified by a few few boys if i got any more particular than that <laughs> gotcha yeah we'll talk offline about that stuff because i actually um i was talking with chris we just we don't have really any musky rivers around here to speak of and you're close enough that'd be fun to go do some some stuff like that in the winter time so yeah that's what i do in the winter um primarily because bass fishing sucks i mean you can go out there and do it and have some success, but muskies will, will chase a swim fly in the winter. And, uh, you're not really going to get that with the small mouth. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely went and crossed the muskie guys. I mean, their lures are essentially swords and like <laughs> weapons, you know, I mean, those yeah. things are huge. So yeah, they yeah. Can nobody you takes you very it. seriously though. If you're, if you're uh, fly fishing for them. So you, <laughs> I've found that you can get some, you can get some good advice by the gear guys because they they don't think you're ever going to catch one anyway. <laughs> well, there you go. How many have you caught over the, like the last couple of years? Um, I caught my first one in 2018. Since then, I've caught five. That's um, that's really cool, but it's also depressing as a smallmouth angler. I don't know how you guys do it. It is, but it's not like I go out there and and grind on them all year. Like honestly. The best time to fish for muskie is also pre-spawn smallmouth, and I just don't do it because um, I'm too busy bass fishing. So for me, it's like something that I do for a couple of months in the winter and then, uh, you know, a, really try to focus on them in the fall would be another really good time to target them. Um, but I'm not exactly like a diehard muskie angler. I, I love to catch them and they're incredible to catch, but you can really wear yourself out uh, chasing those suckers and, and not getting eats. And I can only take it for so long, and then I got to go catch some fish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, dude. It's a whole different ball game. For when sure. you get one to when you get one to eat, and you see it happen, and and you you got one of those things in the net, 
it's uh, I mean, it, it can definitely keep you coming back and keep you grinding through some pretty sucky days. Yeah, I bet. And you do like some hybrid and striper fishing too, right? Yeah, I do. I love yeah. I love that stuff, man. Is that is that stuff all close to, or do you have to run up to the Ohio for that? Um, there's a couple of smaller rivers close that you you can get on them at, in very specific times of the year. Um, and the Kentucky River does have them um, in sort of the lower below the lower dams that are closer to the Ohio River. But yeah, primarily I, I run to fish the Ohio River and the tributaries because there's just so many of them in there. Um, you can you can just get on so many of them if you hit it right. I've never done any fishing down the Josh. You've you've done some tournaments on the Ohio, haven't you? Yeah, way way back in the day, like bass boat tournaments. Um, it's it's a uh, it's not a great fishery. I'm not gonna lie. At least when I was on it, it was pretty rough, <laughs> pretty polluted. Uh, it was just like didn't your da- did your daddy almost kill you, slow. dude? On a your daddy almost killed you on a glitter rocket. Hit hit a barge weight <laughs> going about sixty five. Yeah, dude, it was it was pretty uh, wicked, but uh, it's just a weird like I remember, which I I don't even think you can fish on jet boats on like bass tournaments most of them anyways, uh, but we we had a at the time we had that my boat that uh, smoker craft that aluminum boat and we ran way up into like a creek and it was actually pretty fun, it's just yeah it's just I, it's just not a great. Like it's not somewhere you're like, oh, I want to go fun fish for you know bass. I'm gonna go to the Ohio River. Like you, you would probably never yeah. say that. <laughs> no, it's not a. It's not somewhere where I would go fish for smallmouth um, or largemouth. Um, but for sure, uh, you can have some crazy days um, striped bass and hybrid fishing. Like, All right. There was a day a couple years ago in the fall where uh, Buddy and I caught over a hundred. Um, hybrid striped bass in about six hours i mean it was mm. literally every cast mm, that's um, cool yeah so it's it's a fun deal um it's not it's not like hunting smallmouth in a river though which i think is a little bit why i got i got away from it i i was really really into those fish for a while because they just fight so hard um and as a fly angler like we don't get unless we go to the saltwater you know I don't really get to tangle with too many fish that'll that'll run like that and just take take a ton of line on huge long runs. But um, anymore, it's it's more fun for me to to put a boat or a kayak in a river and go, uh, you know, go go hunt for smallmouth because at least the way I I get on the stripers is a lot more like spot fishing. Um, and it's just not the same thing. Hmm. Do you ever fish the falls there? Like near mm-hmm. Louisville, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I've seen some pretty cool videos on the falls. There's like always some sort of species there, even if it's carp. Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. That, that's a that, really that, cool place. The water like rips through there too, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that's pretty. That's pretty wild. Especially, especially you hook like a eight pound striper out in that current. Whew. Yeah. That's probably a oh, ride, man. man. It is. It's it's a lot of fun. Do you so do you take your kayak out in that, like near the falls? <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh my you gotta, gosh. you definitely gotta know what you're doing. Um, you, you don't you don't want to take it out when they're, you know, depending on how much water they're running. But there's a phone number 
um, you can call and you can figure out exactly what they're running out of each dam and exactly what the river is. And there's, there's actually times where it's really, really safe, but yeah, I mean, it's a big dangerous river and you want to wear your life jacket and you definitely want to be a pretty experienced kayaker. Um, I was down there in a dam, um, one night and I was fishing and they, they blew the siren, um, that they were going to turn some more water on at the dam. And, you know, they typically will, will add water a little bit at a time, but it was already pushing the margins on how much water would be safe to be out there in a kayak. So there was a couple of kids or not kids, but I guess teenagers, um, out there in recreational kayaks. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to head, I'm going to head out. They blew that siren, you know, you, in every 30 minutes for the foreseeable future, they're probably going to put a little more water out. And, uh, they stayed behind, and um, the next morning I saw on the news that one of them had drowned, and their kayak had gotten sucked in. Oh, my God, dude. That so is crazy. Yeah, it's one of those places where you want to wear your life jacket, and you want to know what you're doing and pay attention and don't do anything stupid. But um, there's a group of guys that live in Louisville that I met who who kind of have it dialed in, and they taught me a lot about it. Hmm. That's uh, that's that's wild. So let's we got some uh, we got some questions for you here. What's the uh, obviously <laughs> the last question is is going to be obviously uh, you know about our podcast. But first and foremost, <laughs> dude, if you if you could only fish for one species, uh, freshwater species forever, which one would it be? Oh, smallmouth, no doubt. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, hell yeah. All right, I like yeah. that. All right, best smallmouth ever. Um, lengthwise is 21 yeah. and a half, um, 21 and a half mm. inches. On the fly? On the fly. Damn, that's, mm. that's very big. Uh, all right, biggest, what's the biggest striper? Just out of curiosity. Uh, 36 right at 36 inches and 15 and a half pounds holy Ooh, smokes buddy. where was that yeah. was that on the on the ohio it wasn't and i will never tell where that fish ate um, <laughs> yeah but I'll, yeah I, good, good call it was uh it was skinny water and i was by myself and it was dark i'll just put it that way and it was it's something i'll never forget that's cool damn man. dude i bet that was a ride skinny oh, water man. were you fly yeah. fishing oh yeah damn dude yeah that's i really a very big fish I really don't gear fish. I mean, just just recently after hearing Josh's uh, smallmouth 101 talk, I bought a uh, a St. Croix setup. Uh, kind there of you go, bud. What he recommended. Yeah. Um, and started messing with it just a little bit. But, you know, I man, I can't even – I can't count the number of fish I've caught on gear over the last five years. It's probably, it's probably less than 50 fish um, mm. that I've caught on gear and – um, you're an anomaly <laughs> in that you came into it backwards you know you're kind yeah. of like, well chad miller i think is kind of that way you know he he's doing a lot more gear fishing now because i think his clients are doing a lot of gear fit um you know, he's been a fly guy for 35 years or something and now in the last year and a half he's picked up gear you know and he's trying it out you know that's definitely the an abnormal path so it's interesting, but I think yeah. it probably would help you. You would catch on really quick, I think. Yeah, I've had some 
some fun doing it and it's definitely something i want to get better at it's almost like i think the same reason a lot of guys who fish gear get into fly fishing it's it's something new and different and uh mm-hmm. you know can make you a better all-around angler so i used I to be kind of like a snob sure. like a like i usually i just in kentucky everyone i knew who fished gear was like a friggin' fish killer like just <laughs> didn't like them <laughs> you know there's just a lot of that and i but i've kind of grown up and met met guys who are really cool um who gear fish and kind of i lost a little bit of my my cockiness and the stigma i had about it for a while yeah man there's there's uh there's bad eggs on both sides that's all i'll say (laughs) that's true yeah yeah and then i met some asshole fly fishermen too so (laughs) yeah oh 100 (laughs) percent i wouldn't call fly fishermen assholes i would just call them like they're they're very uppity. They're elitist. So that's right. Holier <laughs> than thou. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, that's kind of the theme in the fly thing that just turns me sour on them a little bit. But again, same thing, man. At the end of the day, like it's fishing, you know. And anytime I can get something that's, you know, bronze and tugging on the end of the other end of the line, like it's fun, dude. You know. Yeah. Unless it's live bait. Uh, that's no. all, that's I'm not going there. <laughs> not going there. Chris, you there, man? I think we might have lost. Oh, no, we lost it. Uh, I don't know. Um, so I was actually going to ask you now. He's whatever he's doing. Um, so give me the like the general like temperature of uh, fish like smallmouth fishing in Kentucky because honestly, man. You know, I think you probably are of the same mindset as us. Like, you know, north is kind of better for smallmouth. You know, yeah. like you go up to like Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota. That's like the holy land of smallmouth. Um, rarely do I travel south. And when I have traveled south, I have had very subpar experiences. You know, Tennessee's kind of, you know, has some lore of smallmouth fishing because you know dale hollow and you know it's kind of where it's where the world record was caught but what kentucky man i just don't know a lot about give me a give me a little bit like you know is it underrated are we we missing out on it um i don't know if it's as a state it's underrated but we do have some some really cool fisheries that don't get the hype um and I don't know if they don't get the hype they deserve or they just they just don't get the hype because there's not a lot of guys that are really dialed in on it. Um, but anyone that talks about smallmouth fishing in Kentucky, as far as like rivers and creeks, just talks about the Elkhorn. But man, there are, are a bunch of other great, great water in the state uh, for smallmouth fishing. Um, it's just not very well publicized and not very well known. And the access isn't very well um talked about so you just kind of got to be willing to go out there and and drive and and get on google maps and google earth and and get out get out and scout it um but there are places where i've caught big big smallmouth and had great days where i've literally almost never seen anyone else fishing um Mm. and uh so that's pretty cool and we do have uh we have a few rivers um, the Green River is pretty well known. It's not, it doesn't get a ton, a ton of pressure, but it's got smallmouth and muskie in it. And it's a really beautiful river. 
Um, I fished the Tippy last year, and the Green River reminds me a lot of the Tippecanoe. Um, the Green River's probably two, only two-thirds the size of the Tippy, but it's a tailwater, and it's, it's very similar. It's a really high water quality and uh, kind of a similar deal. So did you go out with Chad on the Tippy? I didn't. I went out with Mark, Mark Dixon. Actually. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, yeah. you son of a bitch, why didn't you call us when you were up here, dude? We would have taken you out for free. Yeah, well, I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't really reached out over social media yet and interacted with you guys. Um, I did hit Chris up for, uh, we floated with Mark one day, and then we, we wade fished uh, the Flat Rock the, okay. the second day. And, and Chris dropped me was kind enough to drop me a couple Google pins. But that was a really fun trip, and uh, I think we're going to go back. I'm definitely coming up to Indiana a couple of times this year um, to fish. I just don't know exactly when, but I'm going to try and fish with Mark again. Uh, we had a great time with him. and yeah. Hopefully get up there for two or three days and explore some different water. I've never fished Sugar Creek. Um, I'd like to, though. You there? Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah, dude, Mark's, Mark's a good guy. And, uh, um, yeah, dude, but next time you're up here, don't be a stranger, man. Like, hit us up. We got, we have jet boats, we have rafts, we have kayaks, we have everything. We'll, uh, we'll take you out, man. We'll show you a good time. And, uh, yeah, we might sexually. Get, we might Obviously. get naked. That's what I was going to say. We might get naked. <laughs> we might show you a good time sexually. But, I'm disappointed if you don't. <laughs> well, yeah. sorry, dude. I keep dropping out of this thing. I don't my my GD rural internet. It's killing me. Hmm. So yeah. they're supposed to they're supposed to be installing my fiber internet like any day now. So we've uh, we kept the conversation going. It's no big deal. Um, well, I was kind of asking them about like Kentucky and like the overall perception is kind of like not really talked about from a smallmouth standpoint. I was kind of asking him what, you know, what the culture is like down there and like, what are some of the, you know, is it underrated that sort of thing? So, um, yeah. so I've, I've heard the green river specifically. We had a listener. He was actually a reader of quest for 23 and he like would message me all the time. He's like, dude, there's a 23 incher in the green river, blah, blah, blah. He's like, tell me to go, and kayak and i'm like yeah 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 whatever dude i never did make it down there um because i feel yeah. like it's like for us it's like if we have you know time to do a three or four hour drive like we're probably going to go north you know and you should yeah yeah but there i feel like there are some you know it, it wouldn't hurt to come down and see you sometime man and get get a, a little taste of the bluegrass state so yeah there's a there's a few great rivers um, to to float on, and uh, there's a lot of small small stuff that honestly I think fish is better on foot. Um, I do I do a good bit of waiting um, just mm -hmm. around here because the stuff is it's either you know not great access for for getting a boat in and out of, or you know this time of year with work I don't typically get very many whole days to go fish, so. I can, you know, throw the waders on and go go whip on some fish for a couple hours here and there hmm. after work. Well, I have business in Lexington. Like, um, I should probably get out there way more often. I, I don't go out there as much as I should. But next time I'm out there, dude, I'm going to hit you up a couple of days before. We'll have to, 
we'll have to do a little wait. I'll just stay the night in Lexington and we'll we'll get fishing. So yeah, we should bring great. that Saint bring that Saint Croix, dude. Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, Actually, yeah, you but, don't, dude. You, you need to you need instruction. Bring you take your fly rod down there is what you need to do. <laughs> yeah, I might. Uh, I did fish. Uh, when I was doing a lot of business in Louisville at some point, I did fish Floyd's Fork down there. And that yeah. is, yeah, it was in the summertime, but dude, there was like no water in it. I was like, what a piece of tr- What a piece of trash. I hate that. I fished there a few times and I've, I've never had a favorable opinion of it. No, I was like, where's the water, man? I just kept, kept walking. It was like ankle deep for miles. And I was like, there's just no water. And then there was like yeah. people kayaking it and stuff. I'm like, why are you kayaking this? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just so close. Dude, they're to just Google scooting, and... scooting across the bottom, just like right next to you, just dragging yeah. the entire way. It was well, the part I fished was like around like a park, and there was just like a lot of people. I mean, I was you know I didn't have a lot of time, but there. I mean, Louisville's yeah. kind of weird. There's just not other than the Ohio. There's just not a lot of like rivers around there it's like you would think it's like oh the ohio's right here there's probably all kinds of feeder creeks it's just not yeah they're all on the indiana side yeah i did fish in uh are there are those tributaries pretty good the ones on the indiana side yeah off air i'll tell you a couple that are sweet okay i was gonna say what i fish and i'm not gonna say uh (laughs) because i bet you're gonna name it and i bet you i just fished the wrong place because it was not great but um i caught a lot of fish but they were like all like 10 inches long i was like dude yeah were you down there for work or something yeah i was and my sister flew in to louisville airport for some reason i like don't know why and if she flew in like midnight so like i had to wait down there for her to get there so i was like well might as well go fishing so um yeah so i fished for a few hours down there so mm-hmm well, uh, okay, and then so I since I got cut off as I was asking my obligatory questions, uh, favorite if you if favorite smallmouth river you've ever fished, David. Um, man, I mean I think the Green River is probably my favorite smallmouth river. Um, mm. Okay, I've uh, I fished the Huron uh, a couple of times, but. I don't feel like I ever really gave it the the shakes that I should have. Um, I really like that river, though. Obviously, up in like southeast river of southeast Michigan. Yeah, more in the Ann Arbor area. I feel like I should have gone a little bit more, a little bit nor- more north. Um, so I've I've fished it a couple of times as well, and I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I I have a pretty good opinion of it, just because the one time I did go, I really didn't know what I was doing. I was just up there for like a. I think it was a wedding or something. And I fished an area about 20 miles like upstream of Ann Arbor. And I did pretty well, even though I didn't know what I was doing. But, I, you know, I, I got enough of a sense of it to kind of know that it was, you know, if I went back there now, I think I would love it. So, um, yeah, if fished... it was just closer and I could go put some more time on it. Um... Yeah, because that's probably what, like a seven hour drive for you or something like that. It's like a six hour drive for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good haul. That's like yeah. that's like in the two to three day territory. Like you need to have at least two to three days to be up there. 
Yeah. And honestly, when I fished it, it was kind of just a jumping off point because I would go up to Grayling, Michigan, which is like three and a half hours north of that and trout fish on some of those, you know, famous trout rivers up north. Um, right. So, yeah. Um, have, you, have you done any other smallmouth trips like up uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota areas? No, not yet. Um, not yet. I really haven't traveled to smallmouth fish which is kind of lame because i've done a lot of traveling to fish um but i kind of got into the big smallmouth game i guess in the last two or three years and uh you know last year was kind of weird i couldn't really travel anywhere i had some plans the only place i really went to fish last year was indiana um but i'm definitely planning on getting up north um and chasing them because that's tennessee uh, i mean you've got tennessee that's pretty close to you as well i mean yeah, you know, like the whole the North Fork of the Holston, and you know, there are some really fantastic smallmouth rivers down in that area too. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've got a good buddy down there who fishes the South Holston for trout quite a bit, which I've done. Um, but he, I, I ran into him the other day, and he's got a few, few good spots down there for smallmouth also. So I'm gonna try to get down there this year, uh, probably in about a month or so, actually. Nice. Yeah, because I think probably now they're they're probably spawning down there. Did you guys talk about like where the smallmouth are at down in Kentucky already? When I when I was off the off the line. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we're, we're trying not so, we're we're trying not to name stream names, Chris. Don't be. No, I'm trying to get that info. I don't. We haven't talked no, about like what they're doing. No, oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, like yeah. where they are. And, like, are they spawning right now? Or are they are they post spawn? No, well, they may be starting to spawn. Um, I saw a male guarding a bed and chase a bluegill off a bed in the south fork of the Elkhorn, and there's a couple other smaller. So I think some some of our small water, they at least before we got this crazy cold snap, they were real close to spawning. But um, they're still pre-spawn. They're still holding on to pre-spawn. I floated last... uh, friday and they were definitely in that kind of classic pre-spawn water and uh i'm floating again tomorrow so we'll see what's going on hopefully they're still uh hopefully they're still chewing well i i did you see that post from chad today josh yeah i I didn't i did unbelievable he said that the water temperature was 43 degrees this morning Woo! did not catch very many I, I mean, I think he had a rough day. I think the water temperature went up almost 10 degrees on Sugar Creek today. And he kind of yeah. said the same thing that I said about Flat Rock yesterday, which the podcast isn't out yet. But it, the clarity on Flat Rock was so unreal. I mean, it was like it was like September, October clarity. Yeah. You know, and which is which is kind of tough, you know, when the water you know is that clear um at least for big fish and chad was saying that the water on sugar is the same way now so i think this rain we've got some warm rain headed our way on saturday that i think is going to be welcome you know yeah did you guys get some snow that's down exactly what's week? happening here we did yeah it's crazy i've never seen it snow down here in april like this this late april um but we're everything is super low and clear here right now um and I kind of, I'm kind of second guessing myself. I had the option to float uh, tomorrow or Sunday, um, and I, I'm gonna float tomorrow. But 
there's a pretty good chunk of my brain that says I should wait and float Sunday after that warm rain happens, but it also could blow out. So I don't know. Hmm. Well, well, Chris, what's the next question on your list, bud? I know you haven't got to the last one yet. I mean, this is the last one that I have. Oh, well, okay, hold on. One more. Uh, favorite fly pattern to fish? Um, man, that's a, for smallmouth? Yeah. Yeah. I got to go. It's a real hard toss-up for me between a, a crafty game changer and a, and a swimming frog. Those are my Ooh. those are my top two favorites. Just because I love How the way both your... those flies get eaten. Well, what's the setup that you use for both of those? Yeah, so I run all my suspending flies on an intermediate line. I run the Cortland four 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 big game camo intermediate line. Um, nice. I run an eight weight. I run an eight weight on my six weights because I feel like that line's a little bit light. Um, but that's how I run the pretty much all my suspending flies, and then I fish the frogs on a on a floater. Um, I fish either the I used to fish the real smallmouth line more, but I kind of switched over to the Titan Long or the SA MPX. Yeah, my floating lines. Those are both great. Those are both those are all great lines, but. I, I kind of the same thing. I, I went from the Rio smallmouth and I do, I do quite a bit of fishing with Cortland line that because I get a discount through them or whatever, but, um, yeah. I, I like their, I fly, like their fly lines. I think that they're just as good, if not better than the, than the Rio and the SA lines. But, um, yeah, I, love I, I, that. I, re, I do the camo too, that full intermediate camo. It's the best. It's my favorite intermediate line, and I've I've fished the Titan intermediates and the Titan clear tips, um, and I think they have an application. But for a a kayak line or a boat line, that feels like it's almost somewhere between an intermediate and a Type Three sink. Like it'll sink faster than most intermediates, and it just goes totally transparent in the water. Um, so when it when it is clear, I think that gives you an advantage over other intermediate lines. Yeah, we talked about this yesterday on the podcast. I like I like that uh, camo, and then they've got they've got another intermediate. Uh, Cortland does that's I, I can't remember which one it is, but it's got a clear tip on it, so it's it's actually a lot like the SA uh, um, sonar. You know, they're full intermediate with the clear tip on it. It's, yeah. it's very similar, but I think you I think that that is like a huge thing. And I think a lot of fly line fly companies are catching on to that. A lot of line companies are, you know, they're putting out those clear tip, you know, full intermediates. That's I completely agree. Like for swim flies, that's just the ticket. Like you, if you're not fishing that, if you're fishing your swim flies on a floating line or on a full sink tip or, you know, something like that. I mean, I think that you should really experiment a little bit with the full intermediate clear tip or camo. I think that that's, yeah. I agree. I think it's a game changer. Um, and I, I've, uh, I've seen those lines make a huge difference, um, in, in the way you can fish those flies. Um, I will still run a sink tip when it's, when the water's high and the visibility's a little bit lower, I'll run like bigger flies on real, on like a, a true sink tip. But when it gets clear, those intermediate lines are the only way to go. 
Yeah, I could see that. I mean, especially, or if you're fishing like really, you know, if you're fishing lakes or you're fishing like big water, you know, where you need to get it down, obviously. Uh, And then for your musky flies, you're probably fishing like a full sink, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, they're... They're they're called a sink tip, but it's like a thirty foot sink tip and an intermediate running line, and they're like aggressive aggressive sink tips, um, like you know anywhere from six to eight inches per second. So oh, they'll wow. they'll they'll dig. Um, but the thing about those musky flies are, I mean, first of all, they're big. But the other thing is, um, you got to build enough bulk into the heads of those flies that they'll kick, um, that they'll kick and profile super hard. So you're. Uh, you know, a lot of the time you have a big foam head or a big old deer hair head that you have to, you have to, you know, get to sink. sink. Yeah. So you have to fish a, a super heavy line just to fish that fly um, effectively. Yeah, the, the conventional guys probably don't really, that's probably not a well understood phenomenon, but you would think that the more material that you have on a fly, the heavier it would be and the, the quicker it would sink, but it's actually the... A lot of times that proves to be the opposite. The more the more material you use on your fly, the more bulk it has on it, the you know, the slower it'll sink and you gotta have yeah. a, you gotta have a faster sinking line to push it down. So um okay, and then the last dude oh wait, one more thing. Your leaders like on your swim flies, are you running like thirty, twenty, twelve or something like that for smallmouth? Yeah. Uh, yeah, usually 25, 20, 12, or 25, 15, 12, something like that. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, stepping it down and running about a six-foot leader. Um, nothing nothing too oh, fancy. I tie my own, and I, I run fluorocarbon for the – I don't really fish less than 12-pound unless I'm waiting or it, it's getting, like, super, super clear, and then I'll run 10. That's about as yeah, low as I've ever gone. I was going to say, I don't even do that. I, I, the, the lightest I'll ever run is 12. I've just been snapped off by one too many, one too many yeah. big ones that just like heartbreakers, you know, and then you're thinking, why did I use two X? Why did I not just stay with the, you know, yeah. with the one X or whatever? So the more I um, fish, the more I run 12 or, or even 15. I mean, when I can get away with it, I just run 15. That way I can really, I can really put the wood to a big fish um, with a lot of confidence. Yeah. And I don't notice, I don't notice a lot of, I don't notice smallmouth being super leader shy, you know, not like trout or anything. And I'm sure that stripers aren't, I'm sure stripers will let you do whatever. I run goat rope for those things. I mean, the first, (laughs) the first ones I ever hooked broke 12 pound on the, on the strike. Um, Oh oh my gosh. Cause I was, yeah, I was like, uh, we were trout fishing and I was streamer fishing for trout. So I would, I'd run a very similar leader to smallmouth for trout. And, uh, I, uh, yeah, I had one break me off on the hook set and I was like, Oh, I tied a bad knot and I tied another knot and I had the next one do the exact same thing. Um, and I just cut my leader all the way back to, it was probably 25 pounds before I landed my first one. Um, and I run, I basically run 20 or 25, something that'll break before the loop on the fly line does. But yeah, they, uh, there's something else man those things are just break everything no though like is that game like schoolies like do they school up down there do they just run into like the dams is that where you target them or or what yeah so certain times of year um they'll they'll school up real real hard um 
especially in the spring and the fall um, for in the spring it's for a spawning run and then in the fall it's because all the bait stacks up in the oxygenated water below the dams um but like right now in the spring is is really cool because they'll they'll be running up into the skinny stuff um you know they can't spawn but they don't know that so they still make spawning runs and uh yeah if you can hit it right you can get them in skinny skinny water and i've hooked them in stuff where they're like their you know their dorsal fins were sticking out of the water and they'd eat the fly and you'd see them take off and just you know spraying water everywhere with their tail and you know run 300 feet in no time oh wow yeah that's pretty cool i mean we have that here like definitely the white bass run is like a popular thing for people to do but they're all super super small like you never at least around here like i think that you could probably go further north and you know the tippy has some good hybrids in it it does but it gets at least i've heard absolutely it it does no doubt like i mean you you can run into 10 pounders up there but it gets pounded i mean it gets like absolutely yeah yeah i mean it gets stuff gets pounded down here a lot of people really go crazy for the white bass and i think white bass are fun but uh i don't really care as much about catching them because they are pretty small um but the Ohio River gets whipped on, but it's huge, so it can take it. Right. And that's like the that's like pretty much the only, uh, you know, other than catfish, that's pretty much the only game on the Ohio, isn't it? I mean, like guiding-wise, like you don't see guides really doing bass fishing. Like if they guide down there, they're doing it for stripers and, and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, the hybrids and the, the catfish are, are the – you know, and then, I mean, I guess that's not totally true because there's a lot of uh, sauger and walleye in there that people really like to go fish for, but I don't care yeah. anything about that, so I don't really I'm know. sure that water's clean. I'm sure that water's very clean. Definitely yeah. a lot of edible fish coming out of there. Man, there's a there's always about 100 uh, Asians down there <laughs> netting carp or catching them with their hands and taking them home to eat them, and I'm like, man. That is, uh, and they look if you if you catch a fish and you let it go, they look at you like you've just committed a cardinal sin, dude. I've got I've got a couple stories like that. I threw back like a probably a three and a half pound walleye right in front of this Burmese guy that was fishing on the bank, and I was not happy. He shed a single tear. It was pretty brutal, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I dishonored myself directly in front of him, but. But uh, anyways, man, well, I mean, uh, we're looking forward to hear what have you named the podcast yet? Are you still thinking about it or what? Uh, I haven't come up with the official name. There's a there's a Facebook group that I'm pretty active in, but I didn't start it. It's called Bluegrass Fly Fishing. Um, I'm going to talk to a couple of the admins of that group and see if anybody cares if I call the fly fishing podcast Bluegrass Fly Fishing. And that's I might do that just because that group's pretty active and I. I'm sure I could get a bunch of those guys to listen. But what I really don't want to do is have a trout podcast um, because trout fishing in Kentucky is, um, I mean, it, it's pretty its pretty much put and take. It's all stocked. There's no wild fish. Um, we have a really cool river. The Cumberland River is a great trout river, but that's really the only one. And um, so many people, when, you, when you, they talk about fly fishing, only think about trout fishing. And... So what I want to do with this podcast is really highlight 
um, how much diversity and how many other species of warm water fish you can catch with a fly rod and how much opportunity we have for that um, in the state that because it is really underrated and uh, you know it's it doesn't get talked about a whole lot so yeah man that's that's we get that completely understand completely I mean I've told people you know even fishermen that live here in Indiana like oh yeah fly fish for smallmouth they're like they just their minds are blown like what you can do that like i thought that was like a out west only thing so uh yeah yeah it's that's pretty cool i mean now you guys have like uh right across the border into tennessee they're wild like brookies right like jellico like that yeah area. i shouldn't have totally said we do have some a very few um like wild brook trout um there might be some in the red river gorge and yeah some down towards tennessee and Tennessee has a, definitely a lot better trout fishing than Kentucky does. But yeah, I mean, any, most. Go ahead, Josh. Sorry. Are, are there any smallmouth in the Red River Gorge area? Man, that. Yeah, but I, that has got to be the worst place to go fishing in all of Kentucky. <laughs> I. Well, I've hiked there a lot, and it's, I always it's like beautiful. look at the river, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's smallmouth in there. I'm sure there are, and I've definitely caught a, a few small ones. Um, there are some musky in there, believe it or not. Um, but uh, it's not a great smallmouth fishery. There's, there's got to be twenty-five or thirty better smallmouth rivers uh, to go to if you're if you're close to the Red River uh, that I would go to before I'd go there. Hmm. Good to know. All right, dude. Well, I I appreciate you coming on. I mean, what's what's the last uh, question, Chris? You oh, got obviously that. the last question. Your favorite smallmouth oriented podcast with two hosts based out of Central Indiana that talks exclusively about river smallmouth fishing. What's your favorite podcast? Oh man, it's got to be Smalley Talk all the way. <laughs> yeah, I will say this: we're bad, we're bad, uh, dude. We yeah, we is... are. <laughs> so the very first episode I ever heard was, uh, I had no idea what the podcast was. I was searching, uh, I guess I was searching smallmouth fishing on the on the podcast app, and Smalley Talk came up. And the very first episode, Chris wasn't on it. And Ben Clow came on to talk about <laughs> fishing with Josh. And they spent the first, like, ten minutes of the podcast just ripping on fly anglers. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like this is a trash show. I will never like this show. Um, and then Josh talked about catching the, a big fish, and it kind of pulled me in. And I, uh, I, I, like, didn't listen to it after that for a while because I was like, this is just a show for, <laughs> for uh, you know – for hating on fly fishing people <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, what a complete asshole john you're an <laughs> asshole dude but then uh, i eventually uh you know got back on and heard chris talk about catching some fish on the fly and and then eventually i just started listening to it because you guys just cracked me up and yeah i uh well, the, the whole fly bit's uh definitely tongue-in-cheek because i i don't i don't have a hate for fly guys for sure 
Oh, I know that now, but it was pretty rough, you know, as a virgin listener. <laughs> I'm glad my, that, that was my first introduction. <laughs> yeah, it did. What a jerk, dude. There, how many people have we just turned away? Just like, fuck these people, dude. They're haters. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so hilarious. funny. That's funny. Bandit Ben on the podcast, dude. Yeah. Bandit yeah. Ben freaking running off listeners left and right. <laughs> that's hilarious um, what's the okay one more question what's the weirdest thing you've ever run across on the river oh man I don't know Kentucky, it has to be weird yeah there has been some weird stuff uh, I found <laughs> a handgun I found a handgun one time <laughs> uh, just in the river um, which was a little sketchy I did see the weirdest thing last week when I floated I saw probably a seven or eight pound goldfish Whoa. that it was huge and very very orange i mean i guess technically that's a koi if it's that big not a goldfish but it was uh i had just lost a really big fish so i was in a terrible mood and i looked over and i saw this thing and it just took totally took me aback i'd never seen anything like it i was like what <laughs> in the hell and i kind of followed it with my kayak and it was yeah it was that was really strange yeah, you start mm. throwing ping pong balls at it, see if you could win I it. I thought about seeing if I could just <laughs> kill it, because I was already mad, and I was like, this thing doesn't belong in here. <laughs> Where's that handgun I just saw? <laughs> yeah. like, give, me, give me that handgun I just saw. I'm going to shoot this koi right in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd had a handgun with me, I would have taken a shot at it. So what did you do with the handgun? Did you keep it? No, I left it there. I was like, this has to be a murder weapon. I don't, yeah, I'm sure. not going to touch it. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna leave this. I'm gonna leave this for some kid to find it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> real, real, real smart to get rid of your get rid of your murder weapon in a crystal clear rocky river. I'm sure nobody's gonna find that. Turns out that teenager died because he shot a hole in his kayak. Yeah, <laughs> he got a hole in the bottom of his kayak and drowned. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, hey, man, it was great talking to you. I uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast and uh, appreciate you pushing through Josh's bullshit amateur <laughs> antics to continue listening to the podcast. And uh, Yeah, it's been know. great. Hey, you guys are super helpful. I mean, you definitely are hilarious, which is the primary reason I tune in. But I'd say uh, y'all do put out a lot of good information. Um, and I recommend the show to anybody I talk to that wants to get into fishing for small mouth so thanks dude. and thank you very much appreciate we appreciate that. it um yeah but for sure you come up this way hit us up and i think josh is definitely going to impose upon you he's going to come <laughs> into your house he's going to make your wife cook him dinner he's probably <laughs> going to insult you a couple of times and then make you take him fishing at your very best spot and then he will yeah, put that out on the podcast so thank you Man. for coming on yeah <laughs> hey hey you're welcome anytime you're welcome anytime. i'll take you to my best spot uh, <laughs> a little hot stretch baby yeah I'll, I'll show you a i'll show you a couple of hot stretches all right nice, dude all right. all right sounds good thanks david everybody all uh right. thanks for listening and as always dude free the fighter thank you josh for setting free, this up free the fighter let's hear it david free the fighter that's, that's right, right baby see, ya. see you guys see you Bye.